Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. everybody welcome back to uh, bat force radio the batman dc podcast with no limits we are coming to you on a new episode and uh, let's go around the round table real quick over in new york we got grumpler triple j himself grump, grump, grump. over in dallas texas we got grandpa batman gramp 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 <laughs> from uh, the mighty great north of canada we got robin DeCross. cross a boot a boot a boot and coming straight from dirty jersey arkham lpc himself what up, everybody? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> didn't even know he was in here. <laughs> nope. That's why it's a nice, nice little surprise uh, to just start rolling like that. Uh, real quick, I have to say a huge sorry and uh, <clears throat> error on my part is in the last episode, I left in at the very beginning that uh, the trunkler was going to be joining us, and uh, I forgot to edit it out after he didn't. So I'm sure there were hundreds of people just waiting on bated breath for the Trunkler to make his appearance last episode. I've I've been reading all of the uh, hate emails and yeah, basically <laughs> you're getting high. I, I the first like first like two minutes I was listening back to it I was like oh damn it I left it in but then I was at the same time I'm like you know what that's gonna draw some listeners. So, not a bad tool, but uh, anyways, um, as actually mentioning that. Um, Grumpler and everybody else in Gramps have been talking about, if you guys want to just click on the email banner at the Instagram account and uh, drop us an email, um, just go ahead and send us questions, send us uh, things that you want us to review, things you want us to read and talk about and go over and get you guys on the show so that way we can uh, read those emails and give you a nice little shout out, a little chicken ball. Send us uh, an audio file if you want to record it in your phone and email it, that way we can drop the audio in too. Yeah, it'd be easy. it's nice and easy to do. So you hear yourself on the episode, and uh, episode. Yeah, exactly. If you can, and if you want to ask where the fuck the trunkler is, please go ahead too. Yeah, <laughs> we can drop that, that at the end of every episode. Yeah, I, I want to make a nice montage. Montage, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like like the episode. Every episode starts with. All the, you know, like Paul Dini and Scott Snyder and Tom King, Dustin Nguyen saying you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Everyone will end with a bunch of people saying, where the fuck is the trunkler? <laughs> <laughs> should be good, should be good. But, uh, all right, so tonight we have, uh, we got a pretty good uh, couple of uh, loose uh, um, things to talk about. Um, we're going to get into something really fun that um, Grumpler had in mind a couple weeks ago, which uh, I think everyone will have a good time going over that. You guys want to do some really quick Beyond Gotham, real quick? Um, there's some big news going on as far as media, multimedia, that just happened in the last couple of days with Disney essentially taking over the internet, right? 
And um, just, uh, I want to say today, it looks like, has it been finalized or is it in the process of being finalized of Disney purchasing um, Fox? So there's a number of different things that are going to be kind of um, going under the Disney banner from now on, which uh, a lot of people are kind of pumped about. And then there's other things that everyone's kind of scratching their heads being like, how is that going to work? I think the biggest thing is that um, Disney got the rights to uh, the X-Men and Deadpool and the Fantastic Four. So just like you see with Star Wars, I almost can guarantee we're going to be seeing some Fantastic Four and X-Men and Deadpool movies coming out under uh, Fox that is now owned by Disney. <clears throat> Which means that... Now, there, uh, there are a couple of funky things, though, with a couple of the properties. Because mm. uh, just like uh, Gotham, we were talking earlier, is technically created by... It's produced by an outside company and just airs on a channel that Disney now owns. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also apparently a thing with the Fantastic Four. No. Uh, I, I believe that the Fantastic Four, if uh, if I heard correctly, is actually owned. The movie rights are owned by an overseas company. Really? Hmm. But uh, they had a deal with, what was it, Sony putting the movies out or whoever was doing it, or Fox or whoever. But... Uh, this company had a deal with them to to release the movies, uh, at least for North America. So, yeah, I, I, so I read some of that, too, where it gets kind of wonky. So Disney, essentially, for some properties, only uh, gets distribution rights, meaning that all they do is just put money up to put it out and then collect the check after it gets put out and, you know, whatever it makes. So basically, it's kind of like um, the way Public kind of rapes us. And <laughs> they don't do anything. <laughs> they just collect the check at the end of the day, um, which is a pretty good deal for Disney, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I Disney also is in the Disney is heavy in the business of cash and checks. Man, and same thing goes for I understand is the Simpsons. Uh, they don't necessarily like own, own the Simpsons, but they have. They're now the distributor of those, I guess. And um, same with uh, Family Guy and. Um, American Dad. The most messed up one, the most messed up one for me at least, is that they now own the rights to the '66 Batman series. Yeah. So what? What is the situation there? Because it's not obviously they're not going to film new. Well, I don't no. know. Oh yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if if they if they start CGIing some Adam West in new episodes, I'm not. <laughs> Adam West hologram. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, um. I don't know. I, they they just came out with that huge box set, which would you would assume that you, you got everything in that. They got behind the scenes and a bunch of other things. So I don't know how much more they can squeeze out of Batman sixty six, unless they kind of do um, animation the way they just did with Batman Two Face on home video. Yeah, that's true. Kind of like that. Those are the ones that are head scratchers. They're like, what are you going to do with that? You know. Um, with another one that I think uh, people freaked out after we posted was uh, Gotham. It's not owned by, like you said. Um, it's not necessarily owned by Fox, but um, a third party that makes the show, and then Disney just has the distribution rights now. Um, <clears throat> but what's funny is that they have wanted nothing to do with Fox News. So they're like, you can keep that. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> Who does? Man. But uh, it does. I mean, it X-Men now, right? Um, well, you know, you know, I, I, 
I hate to say that I wasn't surprised about any of this recent news because, you know, I watched The Simpsons 20 years ago and they predicted it. So <laughs> they are yeah. ahead of their time. So we all knew it was coming. It's pretty nutty <clears throat> how much stuff The Simpsons has predicted. <laughs> Trump it really is. They, they predicted Trump. They predicted Disney buying everything. Yeah. So that's just um, way to, you know, it's stuff that. Uh, there's there's certain things that like I'm more curious and interested to see how the hell that's going to play out. Um, well, one reason I, I know this uh, from a really good source um, who who uh, is really good friends with an I don't want to say an executive, but a guy that is like one of the chief Imagineers Ooh. at Disney, and Very Disney cool is job. losing. Yeah. Disney is losing their ass from the amusement parks. Like, um, you know, they have rivals like Universal Studios that has the, um, what is it, the Imagining World of Harry uh, Potter Harry Potter and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, you know, so their chief competition is winning when it comes to the amusement parks. So, they're finding other outlets and, you know, more profitable outlets for media and, you know, basically creating a, a media conglomerate with all these different studios and, and, and properties, um, you know, so good it's for ex- them. It's expensive as hell to try to go to Disneyland these days, too. I mean, I, yeah, I don't right. know the exact numbers, but if you try to go with like uh, if you're going with two people, I think it's like close to 120 bucks per person. Mm-hmm. Just to get in, and then right. if you're going with kids, I think like kid tickets are like eighty or ninety bucks on top of that. Um, <clears throat> so if you're a family food. of like four or five, you're dropping six hundred bucks just trying to get in, and then uh, on you know after taxes and everything, and then you have to pay. It's for It's like food. trying to go to an NFL game. It's crazy, except you can't get drunk because they don't serve alcohol there. <laughs> so you <laughs> you have to What's deal with that. What's the point? <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, it's. I think you're right, Gramps. I think that uh, they. It's really hard to keep up like a physical location, especially one that's as crazy as Disneyland or Disney World, where so much money goes into just the upkeep and overhead. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. It's just like you know, big. You know, we used to have these big, huge chain stores. You know, like Best Buy and all the big department stores and stuff like that. Amazon is putting them out of business. Yeah. And so Fucking they're finding. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of the way the world works. And, uh, you know, they're finding new ways to be diversified. The best thing that Disney could do is stay out of their own way with some of these, you know, properties. That's a good point. Quit, you know, let them evolve, but don't don't cheese them down. Don't water it down. Yeah, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Just let it keep rolling and let the money come in. Except for Fantastic Four. That needs yeah. all sorts of things. Well, that's, yeah. that, that, that's broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Did by all means Disney the shit out of that. <laughs> so, um, it, you know, um, what? so when, the, when Marvel Studios first started out and putting out uh, Iron Man and all those movies, that was before they got bought out by Disney, correct? Yeah. I believe so. All right. Yeah. So they came around. So I'm trying to, you know, I think, I don't know if you can argue, like, do you think that they, I kind of think they left Marvel Studios do their thing, for the most part, it seems like, because Marvel's always kind of had that, 
the way I see the first couple of Marvel Studios movies, it, it's not much different than the the second or third kind of tier. It kind of feels like it was it was in the same vein. So it can you know maybe they've just kind of kept their distance, which obviously it's been it's been paying off financially for them. And uh, we'll see what happens with. Uh, well, there, there's one one thing that I know Disney is really conscious of, and that is. I forget what the exact word for it was. Uh, Fabian Nicieza was talking about it uh, before, that it's another thing that he does, aside from writing comics, is he works for companies, like is contracted by companies like Disney, and what they do is they make sure that their that different IPs uh, are not l- sort of losing the right entity because uh, the example he used was something like Pirates of the Caribbean. The mm-hmm. first couple movies were massive, made tons of money, but over the next couple, it was dwindling and dwindling. So what they do is they look into where an IP, an intellectual property, might be losing its way, you know, losing it, its identity, losing what it used to be, and help direct it back to that. So I'm sure that, like, we've heard of things like directors getting dropped from movies like Edgar Wright off of Ant-Man, and uh, this latest Star Wars movie went through, like, three or four different directors. And I think that's because Disney keeps a tight hold on the voice and the the vision of all of their properties. So, you know, they want every movie in the Marvel movie series to flow together you know that they have to they have to match Mm. so i think to that extent that is probably where most of disney's involvement is with the movies streamlining everything cool um before we get off that topic just to kind of go through if anyone's wondering what they now uh own they own star wars um they own marvel comics and marvel uh studios um distribution rights for simpsons distribution rights for family guy um, they own Avatar, they own uh, Die Hard, Aliens, Predator, Planet of the Apes, Kingsman, Distribution for Fantastic Four, X-Men, Deadpool, and then other television properties like Distribution for Gotham and, and uh, Batman 66 and stuff. And they now own 60% of Hulu, so they are the primary shareholders of Hulu. Um, but this still has to go under approval, right? It's like agreed to in principle. Yeah, it's like a handshake it's right now. Not like, yeah, it's like a gentleman's, a gentleman's, uh, gentleman's understanding. But we'll see how it plays out. And uh, I mean, who's who? Mur- the Murdochs own Fox, and they're going to make if it all goes through um, around fifty-four billion dollars with the sale of all that stuff. So I don't know why you would that's say a, no to that's, that. That's that's a lot of prime ones. <laughs> So that's, that's like three. That's like what? That's great, 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 great grandchildren money. Man. That's basically what Star Wars is going to make this weekend. So yeah, right. almost in, they're going to make in, up in that term, money real quick. Yeah. In, in terms, we can all understand those guys from this sale will be almost Oprah rich. <laughs> so uh, we just want to thank our new sponsor who just bought us uh, Disney. Uh, for, oh, I wish. Hi, everybody. If you're we're for sale. Yeah, which uh, which now uh, expects us to so the reserve the first 15 minutes of every episode uh, to mentioning them and their uh, properties. So we appreciate that, Bob Iger, and the like. We all bow before the overlords, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, all right, um, that's the biggest news right now. And um, I think so. Yeah, biggest biggest TV movie kind of stuff going on. And uh, so moving on, we are going to be talking about a cool topic that Grumps uh, kind of um, pitched the other week, and we were like, hell yeah, that sounds awesome. Grumps, you want to take us through what the idea and concept is for that? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, basically, like if if you could. I was sitting around like one day thinking, like, what would be, like, what's my favorite Batman? You know, what's my favorite vision of Batman? Like, who would write him? What would he look like? Who, who would play him? Just you know, things of that nature. So I brought this concept to the group, and uh, I guess here we are. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, should I start it off? Or yeah, I mean, like. Like I was are kind we of talking comic or are we talking live action? Well, what, it's what's up to you. Mean? Like, what would what would when you picture Batman in your head? What like what does he like, look this like? Is, this this is different from uh, there was another thing that we used to do in earlier days of the show. We had a couple uh, guests kind of put together theirs. The way we Frankenstein Batman's back then was say, okay, well, who would draw? You know, if if you could have all these different artists take what you like most about their Batman. So have Todd McFarlane draw the cape and have Jim Lee draw the cowl and so on and so on. That's when I suggested Rob Liefeld would, of course, be the feet and the hands. <laughs> Obviously. And, and like the abdominal cage. <laughs> yes. And, okay. and definitely the spine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the curb, yeah, the, the scoliosis of the spine. Yeah. Would. But uh, I think Grump's, uh, so, his, his idea was more I a, like... Yeah, uh, I had a little list. Yeah, so if you if you were able to pick not just from comics but like um, television, all movies, media, everything that you every part of what are your favorite parts of Batman across all those different mediums, and what would you put together and, and kind of and kind of do that with the way I was pitching it to um, LPC earlier when he was on was you know you go to the supermarket and uh, you pick out your Batman pieces and your Batman products to bake to to kind of put into your crock pot. And you, you come home, you cut the cutting board, and you slice everything up, and then you put it all into a stew, and then uh, you cook it up for about eight hours, and then out he pops. So I don't know why it, somehow it always relates back to food for me, but you know there you there you have it. <laughs> but what you got, Grumps? So okay, I came up with I guess five questions or five I don't know, not topics. I guess questions. But, all right, number one, like your favorite live action Batman. For me, I. Uh, I have to go current. Uh, I'll say Ben Affleck. Yeah, I think, I mean, the guy just, in my eyes, just looks like Bruce Wayne. And that's the huge sell for me. He's got the size, he's got the dark hair, he's, you know. He just looks like Bruce Wayne to me, and so that makes him more believable for me as Batman. Um, my, well, who's your favorite Batman artist? For me, all time, I have to say Jim Aparo. So if I could have Jim Aparo draw uh, Affleck or Batfleck um, looking Batman, that would be perfect in my eyes. <clears throat> now, who's going to steer the ship? My favorite. Who's your favorite Batman writer? Uh, for me, it would be Grant Morrison. Uh, his nice. run for me is the the top. It's my everything. So I, I would have uh, Grant Morrison, you know, writing this Affleck. Jim Aparo drawing Batman. Uh, what medium would it be? You know, would it be comic or live action or animated? For me, it would be the comics. 
Uh, I'd want to see this Batman in the comics. And my favorite, or your favorite, bat suit. What would you like to see Batman wearing? Um, I don't want to say it's my favorite. But I guess it's a recent favorite. Uh, the the suit that Batman wore in uh, Batman Incorporated. The uh, with like the oval on the chest. Yeah, the ovals on the chest, but it kind of lit up. And, like the uh, like the Finch, uh, like the cover that Finch has. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that one. And uh, I think that would be it. So, favorite live action Batman, favorite Batman artist, favorite Batman writer, what medium, comic, live action, animated, and the favorite suit. What about uh, throw that together in the pot? Oh yeah, that's another one too. Good one. Yeah, wow, uh, Batman. I I I I included that in mine too. So I'm glad you brought it up. That's that's tough. Uh, you, all right, fine. The '89 Batman. Correct answer. <laughs> so I kind yeah, of rolled. On the top. I kind of rolled all mine into just one long answer. So I was also going with Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Uh, s- similar reasons. Uh, he he does. Uh, he has qualities that. I just didn't feel from his predecessor, Christian Bale. Like there, there was never a moment in those movies where in the, the Bale movies where I, I looked at the screen and thought now that's Batman or that's Bruce Wayne. Uh, and Ben really? Affleck does that a lot more. Yeah, really. <laughs> it, he just didn't do it for me. So I'm also going, uh, with, with Affleck drawn by Paul Pope. Ooh. Written, wow. written, written by Jeff Loeb. Mm. Comic style in the first bat suit from the Justice League movie because that one's badass, and the animated series Batmobile drawn by Sean Murphy. Wait, okay, so animated series television show Batmobile drawn by Sean Murphy. Yes. So not Sean Murphy's Batmobile, but the the animated animated series Batmobile drawn by Sean Murphy. Very nice. Uh, As I'm hearing this, I'm also. I mean, this is probably going to happen the entire time, but. what about like because you also take into consideration uh, like timelines slash universe. So, um, would this be like a, a modern day Batman? Would it be like um, Golden Age? And would it be like an Elseworlds tale, or would it be canon kind of situation? Hmm, that's a, that's a good thing. I I think I like the idea of like a like a one shot kind of its own cool. like how. Uh, something like long Halloween was it uses continuity, but it's sort of in its own continuity. You know, it uses history, but nothing, uh, nothing <clears throat> happening hinges upon what was happening in, uh, in the regular comic. Kind of like a prestige format. Yeah. Um, in the flavor of Canon. Yeah. How many issues would this, this series run? Uh, let's keep it a little bit simple. Going 13, like long Halloween is a bit ambitious. Let's say a uh, six to eight. Six to eight. Okay, this is a Jeff Loeb tale, correct? So you're kind of thinking like if, you know how sometimes they, and we we spoke about it, I think, last episode or before, where they'll infuse elements of the live-action movies into the comics. They'll show, exactly. you know, the Tumblr, or they'll show the 89 Batman, like, you know, Sean Murphy has little memorabilia from 89 Batman in, in his current run. And things like that. So you're you're kind of making a smorgasbord of everything and putting it into that. Yes. Is that what you're? Yeah. 
we're going for. Yeah. Yep. Which basically, gotcha. take take all of your <clears throat> favorite parts and just you know, mash uh, things together into a, a monster uh, Batman. It's like it's like the Thanksgiving sandwich, like the the day after. <laughs> <laughs> Like Mike Black, the the stand up comedian, he likes to call it the uh, the left overload sandwich because it's got everything. It's it's the one sandwich all other sandwiches fear really. So that's what we're doing right here. Um, <laughs> this is really fun. This is cool. Yeah, and if, let me say, if I had to, I'm having a good time. You know, fix my plate. I <laughs> fix it with. Uh, <laughs> with your with, sides. Um, yeah, with my sides would be Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl. Ooh. Alfred and Gordon. Okay, so and, it's a bat family. Oh well, yeah, those are those else. are some uh, those are some nice accoutrement you added yeah. onto that sandwich there. <laughs> get rid of the rest of the dead weight. <laughs> All right, so you, then let's get even crazier then, because Grumps, you didn't say what's your what would your timeline slash universe be with Grant Morrison writing it? It's fucking in and out of everything. Yeah, but that man, I, I would do it in canon. Like, mm-hmm. Graham Morrison's Batman was at the top of his game. Like, he was in his prime. And yeah. that's, I don't know, it's my favorite. How many years Batman. did he run, Did he write, was it like seven. eight? Seven. Seven or eight, something yeah. like that, yeah. And it was just, it, it lit, like, he knew what he was doing the whole time. Yeah. And it was just building it's, on building on, and then... And it was crazy, too, because if you ever try to kind of jump into parts of it, you had no idea what was going on. So you yeah. really had to know, you know. Even even if even if you were reading it constantly, sometimes you didn't know what was going on because <laughs> Grant's just smarter than you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. you know something, Robin? Like I, the first two years, I hated it. Hated it. Yeah. I, you know, old internet. I got on the message board. Like, I fucking hate <laughs> this motherfucker. What is he doing? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Batman man, one day, I don't know. I had a brain it's, fart, and I was like, this is that's, genius. It's, it's kind of similar to how you hated Scott Snyder's stuff during New 52. Uh, yeah. But then it was, what, yeah. made, was it with All-Star or with Metal? Yeah, All-Star uh, was good. Yeah, All-Star. where the shit turned around. I remember, I remember the, do you guys remember where you were when Grumpler said he liked the Scott Snyder book? <laughs> I remember where I was. On the way home from I remember the issue. Uh, I, I thought you were going to say you read Internet. Oh, I wish it could have been. <laughs> been a better story. So many good things have happened to In and Out. It was the issue um, when Bruce Wayne came back from the whatever Dionysium bath or whatever. Yeah, Grumps. Um, if you were to let's just say that uh, obviously it's in it's in comic uh, continuity and 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 whatnot, but uh, who would your Alfred be? Would he be? Um, the Grant Morrison Alfred, or would you like if if he had to be cast in a movie, who would you want to cast him? Another actor, I forget his name. Uh, it's, it's the guy from <laughs> the guy from Deadwood. Uh, he was Al oh. Swearingen in uh, Deadwood. Yeah. Uh, he was also he had a, Ian McKellar or something like that. Know, is it? He had know. he had a guest appearance on um, what do you call? It? He's been in a lot of stuff. That guy. Yeah. He was on uh, Game of Thrones for like an episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Ian McShane. Yeah. Ian McShane, yeah. He reminds yeah. me a lot of Boris from, uh, is it Snatch? Boris the Blade? Yeah. yeah. He reminds me of that guy. Uh, great yeah, because I want to see the the mustache. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he looks like a, like a thick Alfred. Yeah. Like a meaty Alfred. Um, all right, 
All right, Robin, uh, what is, or did we already ask you, the timeline in the universe? Uh, yeah, I was yeah. just, uh, you know, in the shadow of continuity, but not uh, constrained by we, it. We didn't ask about your sides. What, what would you put on your side? What, what, what does your plate have as far as sides? Let's Characters. see. With Jeff, uh, I think Jeff Loeb would be kind of limited on the Bat family, but heavy on the rogues. Okay, that's nice. So kind of uh, Batman doing it on his own, but uh, facing off against everybody. So, okay. Beautiful. Very nice. All right, and you mentioned, yeah, 89, or not 89, I'm sorry, uh, animated series Batmobile drawn by Murphy. Yeah. All right, who's next? Gramps. Grumps, or I'm sorry, Gramps. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so I, I do like the new... Affleck suit because it, you know, obviously it references Dark Knight Returns and a, a bigger, older, aged, weathered Batman. I, I do like that. Um, I would have it drawn by David Mazzucchelli. Um, just because I, I really like his when when he did Year One. And he did, you know, the Daredevil run for so long. He just has a certain style that is just like effortless in his storytelling and, and the way he draws action and sequencing to me that I really I really wanted to see him draw more Batman. I really wish he was still doing comics, even if it was just covers. Um, I, I just really liked his style. What else? Written by... Um, Good question, because there have been so many great writers over the years. Oh, Gramps, I'm sorry. Quick question. What? You mentioned your suit is uh, Batfleck. Is it the Justice League Batfleck, or is it the... No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, BVS? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. No, there's nothing I'd take from that Justice League movie. <laughs> I, I think the first suit that he wears in that movie, I think, is the perfect improvement on the BVS suit, which, in like particularly in a lot of the promo pictures, looked too bulky on his face. You know, it made him look chunky. And, yeah. but he I looked think like a pro wrestler. Suit, I mean, he was just, he was roided out. I was just like, no, that... There, that 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 opening scene was shit. The, wow. um, you think that he filmed that stuff? Uh, well, some of them I, I heard that um, was the reshots, and he like obviously was not in the same shape. After you film a Batman movie, if you're Ben Affleck, you go on benders, and yeah. you just eat and drink and smoke your way back to wherever you were. So when you get the call back two months later, hey, we gotta get you to put the suit back on. You're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> they got they got to get out the uh, the Thanksgiving bat suit <laughs> like uh, like Joey on Friends wears the maternity pants on Thanksgiving. Did you hear? Uh, there's there's this Hollywood rumor that um, when John Travolta was like in the like the 90s after he had made his big comeback from after Pulp Fiction, so he was like huge again. That um, one of his like uh, things in his writer for filming a movie was he had to have whatever he. Um, was filming in whatever suit or you know size pants, and then he had to yeah. t and then and then it ha you had to have the pants two sizes bigger for after lunch. Yeah, because every uh, lunch what, what, he would eat a pie. 
Yeah, what was it? It was like a like a, a pound cake or something. He, part of his lunch was was that he had to have a pound cake or whatever and, kind and of cake it was. Not just a piece, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was why he needed to have larger pants for after lunch. It's insane. <laughs> oh, bad flick. There's a scene there's a scene when like um I think it was like right after he shaves in the movie and like you're looking at his face yes. and you're like Huge. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, okay, this is probably a reshoot because Big Ben's looking like Big Ben right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Exactly. But, um, sorry to interrupt, Gramps. We were on, I believe, were you talking writer? Writer. Um, you know, I really like um, if we're going to kind of make this, you know, a, you know, kind of a Frankenbat type of analogy. Uh, as far as writers, um, I really like Loeb, but you've already said Loeb, so I'm going to say. Um, just because I think this this writer really has a knack for bringing out um, the voices and the, and the characteristics of of a lot of the characters, especially the rogues, I'm gonna say uh, Paul Dini. Damn. Nice. Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm swinging for the fence, and uh, wow. so Paul Dini, drawn by David Mazzucchelli, with you know, kind of a Frank Miller style Affleck suit, short ears, with driving. Um, I do like the '89 Batmobile, but I'm going to go with the blue lit up neon Batman Forever Batmobile. Ooh, Grant. just because that is a fucking badass machine. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we're going to go there. We were just mentioning how um, Robin and I were just saying how there's parts of Batman Forever that we love. I love that movie. Dude, I love I it do. too. I love it. Oh. I, I really think it's overlooked. I mean, the, I love the thing that, the thing, it, just leave off the nipples, but <laughs> but I, I love that movie. We're going to have to have a whole episode of just Batman Forever. Yes. we got to do it. Because people, Batman people, Force Radio always, Forever. <laughs> people lump it together with uh, Batman and Robin, and that's a fucking crime to do that. I mean, I mean, he looks so good in that cow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then you've got Seal. But come on. Oh, I mean, uh, it was the <laughs> height so. of. The, I mean, come on. Like Seal was at the top of his game. Batman was probably bigger than it had ever been at that point. You put the two together. What do you get? What are you gonna get? A hit. A smash Robin. hit. Robin. Live action Robin. Live action Robin. Yeah. Even though he was 25 years old and needed to be adopted <laughs> by a millionaire. <laughs> karate laundry. Hashtag karate laundry. Yeah, love karate laundry. Ugh. I'm Goodness. not ashamed to admit that I probably injured myself once or twice trying to do that after the movie came out. <laughs> I'm still mad he didn't take those cheeseburgers from Alfred. <laughs> Never live that down. Got the onion rings on it and everything. Jeez, Gramps, great. Man. Now, now don't uh, as Gramps mentioned, uh, you know, not uh, selecting someone that was already uh, mentioned. Don't uh, shy away, guys, from naming someone that uh, that was already uh, used. Cause we we kind of when we were spitballing this idea, we sort of had a gentleman's agreement that we wouldn't all just choose Jason Fabok. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh. 
Man, yeah. that's that's low hanging fruit right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, if you could draw all the things, I'd be fine <laughs> with that. <laughs> he can do he can yeah. do the uh, the backgrounds. I Make think it's uh it's it's just about time that we have him back on. I think, <laughs> I think so. That'd be great. Um, uh, so it's kind of like a Dark Knight Returns-y universe, Gramps? Yeah, I'm thinking so. Um, you know, because here, here's here's what it would be. Here's what it would be. You know, because, um, you know, Miller and Azzarello wrote that prequel story, uh, Dark Knight Returns, The Last Crusade, mm-hmm. which it was supposed to be like, this is what happened and forced or why Batman... Uh, gave up the cow. Well, in my opinion, that's not the story that that really gave us the answer because, you know, at the very end, it shows Jason Todd going to find the Joker by himself, and you can tell that, you know, he meets his end there. But in Dark Knight Returns, Joker's in Arkham Asylum. So that means someone had to catch him. Mm. So... I, I agree. Uh, we're we're missing that part that like the second book of that, where yeah. Batman is just on off. wheels the fucking off war path. Wheels and off. just he's wheels off. I mean, just, he's just yeah. he's he he's going to a level that he knows is not healthy for him, and he's going to cross the line because he's going to fucking kill Joker. He's going to finally snap it and do it. And this is the story where I think Superman is going to have to come in and kind of intercede and be like, I'll help you, but this is the deal. And this is the deal that you're going to stick to. And this is going to be the last time, because if you keep going, I'm going to have to put you down, too. Mm. And that's the story that I want. And I also want to see, uh, you know, Oliver lose his arm because, you know, you know, Superman took it off, and you know it was all about you know him kind of getting in the way, and Superman's like, no, no, this is my shit, and zaps his arm off. That's the story I want in my head. That's my shit. Wow. So I think Paul yes. Dini could do it. Damn. I know Paul Dini could do it. It's not a question. That is fact. I, I I always hoped that he more ripped the arm off than just heat visioned it off, because then that. Uh, that cauterizes it, and you know it's just you know just less messy. I I, I just I just picture him just grabbing him by the forearm and just yank, and it just pops off. Well, I mean you you know Paul Dini he can write some dark stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. he can write some emotional stuff. He can really get into you know a, a, a making a dark Bruce that's on the on the edge of his sanity. I mean he experienced it in his own life. All he has to do is tap into that, just like he did in his book. The story would write itself. Beautiful. Um, I love the Batman Forever Batmobile. <clears throat> I said the trad on to it. Gramps, what about your um, your sides? What about your Texas? What about your Texas sides? Um, well, if we're going to, if we're going down that road where you know Paul Dini's writing this story, um. You know, it's also going to have to kind of show the end of certain other people's career. Um, So you'd have Nightwing, but he would be at odds with Batman. 
he would probably blame Batman for Jason Todd being killed. And you would have Barbara Gordon slash Batgirl, but this would also be the end of her career. And I think you could also have, I'd really like to see, I'd like to see Mr. Freeze. I'd like to see Paul Dini do some Riddler. I think he could really do a, a really uh, interesting take on him. Um, no Damien. I, I can't stand Damien. <laughs> but also, I'd like to see some, uh, you know, Talia Ghul, Al Ghul show up with the League of Assassins and and uh, make for a nice, nice, true prequel story. How many issues, Gramps? Four. Four issue miniseries. Very nice. Prestige format or hardcover? Prestige hardcover. <clears throat> I'm thinking this thing gets, in, gets a... Uh, what do you call it? An absolute, it sounds like. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I'll go. Um, you guys have all inspired me, and um, I, I Frankenstein the shit out of this thing. This literally is a Frankenstein. <laughs> this is like, um, the way I'm imagining it is like the way that uh, the DC Cinematic Universe stands currently, where it's just a smoldering fucking pile of who knows what the hell's coming next? So they just decide to throw everything at the wall to see if it sticks. So um, for my timeline, uh, it's probably going to be kind of like a Dark Knight Returns slash uh, Batman Beyond situation, which means that it would probably be taking place currently uh, where the previous timeline picks are, or was left off. Uh, it's going to be live. My live action would be Keaton, obviously. No surprises there. I would love to see him in a comic form. Yeah. I mean, they're awesome when they, uh, uh, what's Jose Luis Garcia or whatever this, uh, Jose Luis has, uh, does awesome, awesome stuff in the, uh, the comic adaption versions. Um, do you think that, do you think that the reason why there wasn't any type of like, you know, special miniseries with, with the Keaton verse and stuff like that is just due to rights or do you think it was just lack of interest? I don't know. Well, you know, what was it, three or four years ago when they had, um, um, what's the artist's name? I'm forgetting it now. Um, oh man, I can't remember it. But he, there was a writer and an artist that pitched an 89 uh, series, and they just didn't, I don't know, they just didn't, they didn't say why it didn't get picked up, but they didn't get picked up. Um, I think that there's something out there. Uh, that has to do with the the likeness rights that Nicholson is just has like a death grip on, and that's the reason why um, the only people that have really been able to put anything out is Sideshow because they kind of have the money uh, to pay for it for the likeness. I just saw him. I just saw him in that movie American Assassin, Wait, and who, I mean watching who? Keaton. Oh, I was talking about Nicholson. Yeah. Oh, Nicholson. I'm sorry, Nicholson. I, I just saw American Assassin with with Michael Keaton. Yeah. And I, the whole time I'm just sitting there going, God, just put him back in this yeah. Batfleck suit and make a Dark Knight Returns. It would just be so badass because he's now he's now aged. He's he's his face is all weathered and wrinkly, and I think he's just gotten nastier. Mm. You know, he's taking just more villain roles. Mean sure. now, yeah, he he. Oh, he could do it so well now. I don't know if you guys saw the RoboCop remake that people... I mean, it didn't really do much for people, but I loved it, and he's a bad guy in that. He's a great asshole. And um, 
uh, what's another one? Did you guys see The Founder, the movie about McDonald's? Oh, I haven't watched that. I, it's on Netflix. I highly recommend that movie. It is an awesome movie. And uh, he's kind of, he starts, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, he starts out as like a businessman just trying to make a buck, and uh, he does some dick moves in that movie, and he's great in it. So, yeah, man. Um, Robert something, right? I'm sorry? What was the name of the guy? Robert something? I don't remember his real name. Yeah, the dude that well, uh, yeah, you gotta rich. Yeah, yeah, you gotta watch that movie. It's it's a fantastic movie. But um, yeah, so I'd have I'd have an, an old Keaton, current Keaton right now, as he is in his sixties. Um, but what this is gonna be is this is gonna be in comic book form first, and it's gonna be let's say twelve issues. It's gonna start out as eight issues, and then DC every three months is gonna say, okay, no, it's it's nine issues. Okay, no, it's ten issues. Okay, no, now it's twelve issues. So it's gonna. <laughs> oh, be- so it's Dark Knight three then. Exactly. <laughs> it's 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 a twelve issue series that got extended for four more issues than it was supposed to be. Um, they're gonna tell you it's because like they just couldn't put so much so much of the awesome stuff in it, but in reality it's because they didn't know where the fuck they were going with it. <laughs> um, and it's gonna be uh, written uh, by Frank Miller, <clears throat> but not really, because Frank Miller's too fucking crazy now. So it's DC basically pitching it to Frank Miller, being like, hey, like, we want you to write this, but Brian Azzarello is going to fucking write it, and, and just give him ideas, and he'll write it. So it's going to be Frank Miller, Brian Azzarello, Dark Knight 3 style. Jeff Johns is going to come over, and he's going to read the drafts and be like, no, 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 no. This is what you're going <laughs> to add and take off. And so it's going to be a joint venture with Frank Miller, Azzarello, and Jeff Johns writing it. Um. It's going to come out, and people are going to love slash hate it. So people are going to tear it up, saying it's horrible, but then other people are going to be like, this is amazing. Um, and the art on it is... Uh, so it's going to be started off by J.H. Williams, um, wow. who's going to quit halfway through <laughs> because he wants to have Batwoman get married, and they say no. So he quits. And then Sean Murphy comes along and uh, writes four issues of it, or draws four issues of it, and then Mikhail Janin comes along and uh, also writes four issues of it. So it's four issues J.H. Williams, four issues Murphy, four issues Janin, drawn in wow. that order. <clears throat> oh, and, that, uh, that reminds me, uh, I forgot to add in on mine, uh, Paul Pope doing the art, but all the covers were Todd McFarlane. Ooh, very nice. Oh. Very nice. Yeah, we, we can mess around with that, too. Um, where was I? Okay, so it's uh, comic book form, 12 issues. It's a big clusterfuck um, in the Beyond slash Dark Knight Returns universe. <laughs> Sounds like Dark Knight 4. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, the Batmobiles are going to be... J.H. Uh, uh, Williams, Murphy, and Shannon are going are to take their pick of... They're going to do the Burton <laughs> Batmobile, but in the series it's going to get blown up, so then Murphy's going to use his Batmobile. And then Janet will try his hand at Murphy's Batmobile, uh, which is kind of like a hot rod slash 89 slash uh, animated series Batmobile all rolled into one. Uh, but then there's going to be multiple shots in the Batcave where you see like all these nutty Batmobiles, too, that are also in it. Um, my sides, and this is what I'm most excited for. Uh, it's going to be, well, I guess, okay, so it's going to be the comic version first. So these characters will be in it. So it's going to be Superman's going to be in it. And Superman's going to have a big role in it. Um, Duke Thomas 
is going to be one of the only surviving Robins left. So Ooh. Duke Thomas is going to be in it as the signal, um, who's kind of like, because it's beyond Dark Knight Returns, there's not really a Terry McGinnis, so he's kind of filling in that role as Terry McGinnis, so it's Duke Thomas, you know? Um, so he was the signal, but now he's kind of transitioning over to possibly becoming the Batman, and uh, Keaton doesn't want to give up that mantle yet, because he doesn't think he's ready. Um, it's going to have two, it's going to be a Two-Face and Scarecrow story. <clears throat> And uh, halfway through, there's going to be a Neo-Joker, kind of like the Beyond Universe. And then so it's going to go into the comic format. It's going to come out. Um, it's going to have crazy sales, but it's going to be just destroyed by critics. Critics are going to fucking hate this thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they're like, Game hey, high. <laughs> that's never happened before, right? Um, so then they're going to decide like, all right, you know, um, the movie universe that ah, we're just kind of de- you know, we're, we're, it's a dud. Let's adapt something and make it into a movie. So they're going to adapt this into the movie. So they're getting, they're getting ready to do the movie and in the movie, um, they're going to bring Keaton back to play Batman. Um, Duke Thomas is going to be played by Marlon Wayans, who was initially supposed to be Robin. Uh, Marlon Wayans is going to get absolutely jacked. Um, to play the role. Halfway through uh, the training process for it, um, he gets hurt, and then Michael B. Jordan uh, steps in to possibly be... Uh, oh, my God. To possibly be Duke Thomas. Um, Billy, D. Williams, Billy D. Williams reprises his role as uh, Harvey Dent slash Two-Face. Oh. And because Tim Burton has been chosen to uh, direct this film... Uh, Superman is going to be portrayed by an older and chiseled Nicolas Cage. I knew it. I knew it. And uh, <laughs> the Scarecrow is going to be played by Tim Burton's good friend, Johnny Depp. Oh, what happened to Howard Stern? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Man. I want this movie so fucking no. bad now. Holy I, I want Scarecrow to be done by Jim Parsons. He'd be actually good. <laughs> Jim Parsons? People have said they want him for Riddler. Hmm, that would be good. Either would be good, yeah. But uh, so yeah, so it's that's. Uh, I just want to see Nick Cage and uh, Keaton across the across each other in the script in the scene. And uh, now is this mullet Superman? Um, well, Cage doesn't have any real hair left. I don't think. <laughs> it's just like a really weird like bird wig that he has now. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell him that he's got to keep it high and tight. So he's going to have a wig on. I don't know if it's going to be a mullet. Fuck it. Let's go mullet. (laughs) Let's go mullet. And then he's going to have to have the uh, black and silver suit from the comics too. Ooh. Okay. Like the, there's a Superman Beyond comic. Um, I forgot who wrote it. Damn. It's a bad thing that I forgot, but there's a Superman Beyond comic in, uh, like Lois Lane is dead. And, um, it's in the future. I think Batman's dead. And so it's kind of like, and he's got silver hair and he's got the black and silver suit. It's really sick. So, um, I forgot the Neo Joker. Neo Joker is going to be like Murphy's Neo Joker. So it's going to be portrayed by uh, Margot Robbie. Or no, mm-hmm. no, no. Is that Kristen Bell that he chose? He, ch- he, he casted no, his own movie. No, he, he chose, uh, uh, was it for Harley or Neo Joker? Elizabeth he chose, Banks. uh, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. And then his wife told him, no, 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 you got to do Kristen Bell. So maybe but, Elizabeth Banks can be Neo Joker, Kristen Bell can be the other Harley. But then Margot Robbie, dude, I want Margot Robbie in this movie. 
Yeah. So let's just have Margot Robbie be classic Harley, and then uh, Neo Joker will be played by um, Elizabeth Banks, and they're they're have they have uh, classic Harley's now working with Batman, uh, because classic Harley blames Neo Joker for the death of the actual Joker, even though it was fucking Batman that did it. Oh. So we'll go that way. Man, I'm confused. That sounds <laughs> exactly. That sounds good. Exactly, and and Frank and everyone's gonna be like, man, Frank Miller wrote this. Oh my god, it's amazing. And then uh, everyone, but it's really Brian Azzarello and Jeff Johnson did it. So, but yeah, there you go. LPC, what you got? How the fuck do I follow that, man? <laughs> <laughs> Where was the beginning point? Live action Batman. Live action. Yeah. So if if you had to pick your live action, who would you be? Um, Gramps, I'm surprised you didn't like the opening for uh, Justice League. I I love that whole opening sequence of Batman. You know, it was it was cool. It was cool until they started trying to be cute and funny. You know, and that that's the Joss Joss Whedon bullshit. So yeah, it didn't really go over well with me. That was the movie was already off to a bad start once they tried to start being funny. I don't I don't mm. think that. I mean, I figured. For Gramps, I don't know if it would have ever gotten better than Ben Hoover Superman. Exactly. It's that, hard. It's hard to follow that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it's. I don't see anywhere in the near future anything topping that for me. <clears throat> I well, pre- go ahead. For me, and I, I, I didn't. I wasn't available for the the review of of uh, Justice League, but I just think that there were a, a a lot of things for the characters that were out of character. You know, if you're Batman and you want to go recruit some superheroes, do you walk around as Bruce May- Bruce Wayne just yelling to the world, hey, I'm Batman, everyone follow me like the fucking Pied Piper? No, you go get in your bat suit and your bat uh, car or your bat plane and you impress the shit out of them and scare the shit out of them and say, like, you guys need to get in line and this is what's happening. Uh, I I don't see that working at all. Sure, he he could have done that with Flash, but exactly. if he tried to do that to Aquaman, he's going to get his ass smashed, and then that's going to be the end of that, and he's not going to have Aquaman helping. I did think and, it was I did think it was weird, Gramps. Like um, that was weird when he goes to uh, where where the fuck is Aquaman? Is that like Norway? Where is he? Yeah, uh, exactly. Am- Amnesty Bay. Okay, so it's, yeah. yeah, it's like somewhere in it's a very remote area, so it's not like. You know, he wasn't recognized when he walked in. Everyone yeah. didn't go, oh, that's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, so, why don't you just fly your helicopter down there? Why you got to climb in through the mountains? <laughs> You're Bruce true. Wayne. I mean, jeez, dude. Yeah, Come on. Where's and then, you know, I don't know. I suffer like there, there are places like that in the world that you, you can't fly a helicopter to because there isn't a place to land because they're, you know, between mountains and, and water and I would have appreciated I would have appreciated that explanation in the movie because I'm stupid and uh, I didn't I didn't know that so when if if someone would have said that out loud I'd been like huh okay and I believe that actually that is in the movie in the Zack Snyder version so if we get the director's <laughs> cut we will enjoy that a little bit more because of it uh, but yes, I did think it was weird because like there, especially right before Aquaman's getting in the water you know he's like I'm Batman I'm from Gotham City blah blah blah. And then, like, there's people watching them have that conversation. Yeah, yeah there's a, he's walking by this dude. He goes, oh, so you're Batman, huh? Da, yeah. da, da. So basically, what, like, what, it, what it tells me huh. is that uh, Bruce Wayne does not value the opinion of the people in that region. And I thought that was very racist. That was very racist. <laughs> very. And it was sexist. 
and it was yes. un-American. Sexist. And <laughs> it was terrible. Check, and it check, was check. Gross. I, I'm, I'm beginning what, what about, to... That's um, making me suspect that uh, he's in collusion with the Russians. Joss Whedon? <laughs> no, Bruce Wayne. Oh. <laughs> well, I, 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 I think it's Joss Whedon and uh, his um, anti-feminist agenda actually showing itself when he was when he's trying to portray himself as a feminist, when it's just BS, and it's the real him <laughs> shining through. So, oh. uh, Anyway, we, carry on, how did LPC. We get on Sorry. What happened just now? What were uh, we talking we're talking about? about Justice League. But what was the next thing? Who would draw Batman? Oh, wait, hang well, on. Okay, hang on you... okay, so, wait, wait. So who's your live action? Live action, Batfleck. Batfleck, okay. Then the, the next one would be, um, yeah, like if it was a comic, like who would your artist be? Uh, and it doesn't have to be anybody that's uh, only like it could be anybody. It doesn't have to be someone that has drawn Batman. There's a lot of people who haven't. We we forgot to say that too. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anybody that's written Batman <clears throat> either. It could even be a Marvel artist. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So if I have Bruce Wayne, I would like him to be Alex Ross looking Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Oh. Uh. I do like McFarlane Capes, obviously. Can't go wrong with those. Yeah, I guess uh, Fabox the cop out, though. That would definitely no, you be can say it. Fabric draws your, uh, your backgrounds, then. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing, too. If, if the writer, um, I'll, uh, if I was thinking kind of seasonal here, I would say I'd like Deanie to write some kind of Christmas theme mm. with Bermejo's uh, Snow in Gotham. Nice. Oh. With the graveyards and that whole vibe, I really dude, like I would have Bermejo do the backgrounds. He is so good at backgrounds, dude. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Noel was gorgeous. I love that one. I had Bermejo. I don't forgot why I didn't. I, oh, you know what? I switched out Bermejo for Murphy. But yeah, I did have Bermejo. I'm surprised no one else said Bermejo yet. Bermejo, then, maybe uh, Finch's Batmobile from Rebirth. Ooh, nice. Mm. I do dig that. That's kind of got the animated feel with uh, throwback. Mm. With the bat on mm-hmm. the front. Nice call. Um, uh, what else? Did you say your writer yet? Writer, I guess I'd go Dini just oh, for right. like yeah, yeah. Halloween, uh, Halloween, wow, yeah. Christmas theme. And would you want it to be like a comic or a movie? Or animated? Or animated or a show? Oh, animated. Yeah, probably animated. I animated. I wouldn't oh. mind a comic version of that though with uh, Bermejo. Ooh. That's even feasible, but yeah, we'll roll with that. What else were we saying? Who would be in it? Your favorite bat suit. That's tough. I do like the chunky belt for the utility belt. And Batman Inc., I I dug a little bit. Some of the lines are pretty good, but not my favorite. I don't know. I guess we'll we'll go with uh, like a Keaton theme. Nice. Symbol layout, but with a chunky belt, you know? Nice. Batmobile. You already said uh, Finch's Batmobile. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Who would be your, your supporting cast of characters? So, in winter, I'd want Mr. Freeze there, especially with Deanie writing. Uh, I want Red Hood in there somehow. I know Joker wouldn't be in it. I wouldn't want Joker. He's just kind of overplayed in a lot of stories. But the way Deanie, I forget the issue in Detective, but Deanie tied up. Who did he tie up in the uh, the car? Was it? Well, and, uh, it was, uh, you mean in uh, Detective 626? Yes, when he hasn't tied yeah, up that, in place. Yeah, that was Tim Drake. I have to think about that one on the spot. I got nothing, guys. Sorry. 
Oh man, and that's a wrap. Um, cool. The other thing, uh, every, everybody's gone through there. I think so. Yeah, that was everybody. Uh, the other thing we were going to talk about is uh, basically how metal is the biggest thing going right now, and it's this completely crazy off the wall story. But right. everyone and their brother is reading it. Yeah. So. Uh... Snyder just tweeted uh, yesterday that um, everything that had previously come out, so everything up to metal number three, all the tie-in issues, everything has been sold out and has gone to multiple pressings um, up to the fourth pressing for, I want to say, most of the things that have come out. So all of issues one, two, and three have gone to a fourth pressing. Um, I think when they say when they say sold out, does that mean that all the shops have sent in their uh, complete full order to sell out all of the you know, published press issues. Uh, sold out means that the distributor, Diamond, is out of copies. They don't have another copy to ship. But there is still demand from shops that... That okay. One more yeah, I mean, it. because that doesn't mean that you know people have reserved them in the shops to already purchase. Maybe it does. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out what that means. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. Like that, you'll always find. I hear about you know, sometimes there's an issue that's already gone to second print, and shops are selling it for twenty dollars. But there are these little hole in the wall shops in small towns that nobody knows about that still have a stack of copies on their wall. Because they only have, you know, ten people that regularly come in the shop. Right. But, uh, yeah, something being sold out means Diamond doesn't have another one to ship, and they, they need another uh, printing to restock shops. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> the, we were talking about how um, one of the coolest parts about all this is that way back at the end of 2000 and, what is it now, 17? At least over a year ago. Uh, we were sitting down having a conversation with Scott Snyder, and we were talking about his all-star run. You can go back and listen to, I believe it was the first time that we had him on the show. It's a two-parter. And um, the, it was two it was two hours, two and a half hours of Scott Snyder just talking about all-star Batman. And um, he even went in as far as talking about things that didn't make it in and things that he's probably going to want to go back and maybe add on if he gets a chance. But all-star was supposed to be... Uh, he wanted it to be an ongoing for a while. It didn't get to that point. Um, <clears throat> mainly, I think, because at the time, um, I think that's right around when Jeff John started meeting with people, telling them about the rebirth thing. And he probably didn't want anything going too long and, and you know wanted to cut it off at a certain point. But what Scott Steiner did tell us at the very end of one of those interviews is uh, he's like, I got something coming out that um, we can't really talk about, but I'll tell you guys, you just can't say anything. And that was awesome because I, for, I forgot like what we were talking about as far as in um, in All Star something happened in All Star and uh, Batman was doing something and then one of us was like man that's so metal and he goes oh it's really funny you say that because that's what we we're gonna call it at the time <laughs> he was like we're gonna call it DC metal so it was like holy shit and he's like we're gonna do this rock opera this the summer blockbuster rock opera and it's gonna be over the top and he was saying how Batman 
at one point when he was younger and reading, he said, I, remember, I want, you know, Batman, everyone want, always wants him to be serious. Everyone always wants him to be dark. But there's parts of Batman that can be fun. He can do these things. He can be dark. He can be serious. But he can be fun. And that's what he wants to be at the heart of the book, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward to um, the summer. Metal starts coming out. And um, I think he was mentioning how he really had to fight for it. And him and Greg Capullo had this idea. And they were yeah. pitching it. And it was really out there and super heavily influenced by um, like Grant Morrison stuff and like Jack Kirby stuff. Um, <clears throat> things that um, they, they didn't think that DC would want to go for, and um, they really had to fight for it. And it comes out, and it's a fucking hit. And I think it surprised everybody. And even if you didn't like the first couple issues, eventually, once the one-shots and the tie-ins started coming out, and you saw that the one-shots and the tie-ins were just as good, I think at that point, people were like, holy shit, metal is awesome. And then... Um, after that, basically, word of mouth picks up, and uh, I, I know just from being on social media, um, seeing people who don't necessarily read comics that much, but they are like collectors or uh, just fans of the films and stuff like that, uh, you start seeing them for the first time going to the comic shops and buying metal because uh, it's kind of a story that you know just started, number one, you can kind of go and get it, and uh, it's everywhere, man, like... Um, I see it in Facebook groups, I see it on Twitter, I see it on Instagram, and uh, people, like I said, that you wouldn't think are reading it, are reading it. Um, I forgot where I was. I was out in public, and I was waiting in a line. It's the Day of the Dead Festival in Los Angeles and Hollywood. So, I'm standing in line to get a beer, and my buddy's like, hey man, you know, how's the podcast going, what's going on? I was like, oh, it's really cool, you know, and he goes, oh, so what's going on with Batman right now, like in the comics? And that's when, like, Metal Issue 2 or 3 was out. And I remember... Um, explaining to him what metal was and talking to him about it and like giving him the the Scott Snyder pitch, and this dude behind me kind of taps me on the shoulder. He's like, um, "Hey man, what is that you're talking about?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's this thing called DC Metal. It's it's this uh, crossover story that's happening right now in the comics." And he was like so blown away at this. Oh, uh, that sounds awesome, dude. I really want to check it out. It's like, yeah, man, go check it out. But uh, yeah, we're now sitting on the eve. It's next week is going to be uh, issue four, right? Yep. Yeah. And, um, well, let's just go around. Let, let's say, um, why don't we talk about what you guys initially had thought of as your first thoughts versus where we're at it now. Uh, I know for me, I did not see the horror element coming. Um, I really? Knew, no, I didn't. Because he, That's what the, Snyder loves. Yeah, but what, what he pitched it was like over-the-top rock opera fun. So what I was yeah. expecting, it was going to be... Uh, Batman in space. I thought it was going to be just like that first opening story in the first issue, which is like all the Justice League are like gladiators wearing armor and like fighting their way out of like whatever pit they're in. I thought it was going to be all Same. just like that. Like in yeah. You know what I love yeah. is that just like it's a classic Snyder move, just like what he did with Court of Owls where he was like dropping little nuggets and Easter eggs and crumbs in like Gates of Gotham he was dropping little Easter eggs and nuggets in like Endgame and even in Court of Owls and things like that with little references that when you reread it in his Batman run, you're like, holy shit, he's been thinking about this for three, four, five years. Yeah. Yeah, like when uh, in, in Metal, when the the Court of Owls are are telling Batman how when he was in their labyrinth, they were exposing him to one of the metals 
as mm-hmm. a step towards this event happening. In the water. Well, they, like they even reference it, mm-hmm. you know, in the yeah. if you go back and read the books, you're like, you know, it says something about you're supposed to be the gateway. Anyway. The gateway. Well, yeah, I mean, they use little references. And I remember reading that at the time going, well, that's kind of odd. OK, next page. But then now you you come back full circle and you're like, holy shit, this guy, he, he's always planning ahead. Mm. And I'm, I guarantee you, I mean, it's smart on his part because he can always go to Jeff Johns and be like, look, man, this is what I want to pitch. I've already been planting the seeds right here. Read this right here. And Jeff Johns would be like, oh, shit, this is, that's yeah. a cool idea. It's right up Jeff Johns' alley. I want to rewind it a little bit. Uh, am I the only one that found it excruciating to have to go for months not being able to say anything to anybody after Scott told us he spilled a lot of info to us about metal, and we had to go months it was almost where a year. we couldn't say anything. It, it was, and like when news came out, you know that they they let the news out that Scott and Greg, you know, had this return the secret return project they were going to do you know where they came back together after the new 52 had ended and greg went to do reborn and that they have the secret thing they're coming back to to do together so being in the shop all the time people are coming in oh oh, you you hear scott and greg have have the secret project they're doing oh you don't say oh i have no idea what that could be (laughs) oh really that was was tough (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) Um, it, you know, I, uh, <clears throat> two things on that, Robin is number one, I, I did, I did have that sense that, um, you just want, when you know something like that, when you're excited about it, you just want to tell everyone you fucking know. And, yeah. and like, there's, there is still a thing that hasn't happened yet that we still can't talk about. Yeah. It, still. Yeah. Including with, with there's things in all-star too, that he told us not to say. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty and, sure we've let and it. Like, yeah. And 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 a thing post post metal yeah. that we can't talk about yet. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. You know. So the thing, the way I dealt with it was um, all through the, his development, I would tell Robbie. So I, I would have my head <laughs> on the belly and whispering and explaining to him what would happen. And and when you come out, it's gonna it's gonna be there. Blah blah blah. And then you know every day, just kind of telling Robbie a little bit more. And he's kind of playing with his toys and kind of looks up at me kind of like kind of like give me a side eye and I'm like explaining the storyline to him and he just kind of looks at me and he kind of goes back to playing with his toys. So I know Robbie won't say anything, so I can trust him, you know. Um, for the readers just, or for the listeners, recording. that's his 1-year-old son, so, you know. <laughs> you know. And after you're done, you go to work and Robbie goes in his room and like, Robbie's journal. Dad mumbled <laughs> some more stuff about comics today. <laughs> <laughs> My dad is a fucking nerd. <laughs> Another thing too that um that kind of helped me is that um knowing that Scott Snyder's our best friend and <laughs> and because Scott's our best friend um pro- I mean it's you can ask him it's it's not a question it's a fact that we he, Scott Scott Snyder is one of our best friends. Um I wouldn't do that to your best friend. I wouldn't I wouldn't go behind my best friend's back and like spill his secrets. So that kind of gave me the power, the willpower to not uh speak out on it. And um just want to thank Scott Snyder for being our best friend again and uh, <laughs> essentially just, you know, uh, being the honorary member of the Bat Force that he is. We, we won't spill the secrets. We'll keep them you know, close to our hearts. But Secret safe. Yeah, well, he's, he's got the shirt and everything. Yeah. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, Gramps. Uh, di- I didn't see the. I didn't expect the horror stuff. I, I was expecting swords and dragons and dinosaurs and. Me too. Oh, Justice League in space, and then. Uh, well, after the first issue, we got the weird thing that they still haven't. They're going to come back around to it, but they crossed over with another uh, Vertigo character um, that has a, a hand in the story, and uh, that was kind of unexpected. And um, yeah, so for me, I was just like, I didn't see the Batman who laughs coming, not like for a second. And this is the coolest thing ever. Um, yeah. Rumpler, what you got? What was what was your first? Uh, kind of initial thoughts, and then now what do you kind of look at it like? I, f- I felt the same way as you. Like, I thought it was going to be more sci-fi and, and dragons and, and lasers and stuff, and uh, I was really thrown off by the horror, which is cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, just to, re- I guess, re- reiterate the Grant Morrison point, when I read the first issue of Metal, not not the, not the prequels, because they weren't, too heavy with the Morrison stuff, but I think the first issue of Metal was like, whoa, he's going there, he's bringing back Barbados and all this other shit, and there's there's a lot of shit from the Morrison run, and Scott is always talking about Grant Morrison, and I was just like, oh, whatever, you know, he's he's a fan, but he really did his homework. Yeah, and he uh, he mentioned too, like, um, talking about, there was four books that he read that he said, oh, these were what influenced Metal, and one of them was the Grant Morrison stuff. Um, oh, uh, Hawkman. Jeff Johns' Hawkman run, he said, was a big influence. Yes. Um, but yeah. Uh, that's what I love. I love the fact that Hawkman is, a, like, a central key element to this whole thing. Yeah, yeah like, uh, Hawkman's metal, nth metal, is one of the the core components of this story. That's what I've always wanted. I w- I've always wanted... To see, and this this goes back to my Paul Dini Dark Knight Returns prequel movie, because <clears throat> Hawkman actually the children of Hawkman and Hawkgirl are part of Strikes Again, and they talk about how basically Hawkman and Hawkgirl were kind of exiled or had to go into hiding. So that made me think, hmm, maybe they were part of whatever it was that. Batman had planned before he quit in Dark Knight Returns. Everything, just like Tom always goes back to food, for me, everything goes back to Dark Knight Returns. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like thinking, hmm, if Batman could make some synthetic nth metal, and how badass would he look if he had like big ass bat wings, like legit bat wings with some nth metal. That would be awesome. And I think we're about to see that shit. Yeah. I think it's great that Hawkman's in the in the spotlight too. I mean, the, the Jeff Johns run was great, and I mean, he's just like a this big muscular warrior with a mace and this big ass wings and Hawk Hulk helmet. He's like so he's very underused. Yeah, yeah, he's, for sure. And uh, another component of metal is bringing all the things that they brought back, like Hawkman, Challengers of the Unknown, and everything that's coming back. But they've also introduced a handful of of new characters as well these these evil versions of batman and particularly the batman who laughs as soon as the first images of him came out he was already the hottest character of the year before he appeared in a single book mm-hmm. what's what's that first appearance up now on ebay 
Uh, last I saw, I don't. The, the last I saw, there was some joker on eBay was asking a thousand dollars or best offer for that Teen Titans issue. That is so that came out stupid. The same day as uh, issue uh, issue two or. Yeah, issue two of Metal, I think, was... Uh, hey, man, you got to ask for it. I mean, you're not going to get nothing if you don't ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was my motto in high school. Moving on. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, Robin, what were your thoughts initially and then now? Uh, well, we had a lot of time to to stew on what our expectations were. Cause, yeah, a good Scott, word. I like that word, stew. Basic, yeah. Because it goes, it goes back to food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Scott's real uh, initial explanation to us of metal was like uh, fire and motorcycles and Batman riding a dinosaur. Uh-huh. And yeah, that that didn't at all uh, hint on the the yeah the real horror aspect of what was coming to like he. I think he had told us something about, you know, that because he, he told us about the dark multiverse and he told us there were, you know, going to be these, these other versions of Batman and things like that. But it, he didn't hint at uh, how I, or maybe we just didn't comprehend was more of the situation. Maybe we didn't comprehend how dark and heavy it was going to get. I just yeah. really wish that this could be on Vertigo. <clears throat> where they could they could go, you know, way past the rated for teen tone. Yeah. Do you want to do that for All Star too? He yeah. wanted to. I they think the only do reason they don't Yeah, like for for a big event like this, I, I feel like Well they know it's gonna sell put it so out. you gotta put I it in like, your biggest market. Yeah, I feel like if they put it out on Vertigo then I, I feel like there are people who wouldn't grab it because, like, oh, th- this isn't even a DC book. Yeah, uh, I'm going to read months. I'm just going to stick with you know the the DC Batman book. You're right. There are definitely meme kids out there who do that. <laughs> the meme kids, you know. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying there are meme kids who buy comics? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Going back to uh, our first topic, um, I would not make it a live action Batman film. I would make it a series of memes. Actually, <laughs> that I would then written post. by Paul Dini. Yeah. <laughs> imagine Paul Dini writing your memes. <laughs> they'd win. They'd win ink pot awards. All right. So yeah. So so you didn't see you didn't see how it was uh, coming out. You didn't see the horror and all that. And so what do you see it now as Robin? Ah, uh, it it's it's now uh, feeling like it's every bit as big as he said it was going to be. <laughs> But just uh, in in ways that we didn't understand. Yeah, uh, it, it's 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 hard to comprehend when when you're being told a story like this before you've read it. It's 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 an easy sell, but it's tough to comprehend it. Like uh, like you were saying, you you told somebody about it. Uh, you were telling your friend about it, and somebody overheard yeah. and was hooked just by that. It's it's a real easy sell. You tell anybody about it, someone comes in the shop and sees one of the one of the tie-ins, like one of the one-shot issues, like, oh, who, well, why does Batman look like that? He's like, oh, okay, let me tell you. And you yeah. spend a minute telling them the story of the Dark Multiverse and this and that, and, and the, so each world in, in this 
dark multiverse has a dark version of Batman and tell them the whole story. Okay. And they'll just take every, they'll take a copy of every issue that's out so far. Yeah. I, it's, it's what I told, uh, what I was, I think one of the things that I said out loud, um, that the guy overheard and he said that he liked was, I was like, imagine Hellraiser, but the Cenobites who come over are different versions of Batman that have been tortured to become that version of him. And then the guy's like, whoa, dude, I'm so in. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. Uh, Robin, so basically what you're saying is you heard the original pitch and you heard Scott saying how it was big, bombastic, loud, huge. And then it came out and you realized it was all those things that he said, right? Yeah. So basically and, you're, you're but, saying but, that you didn't believe him. I, I didn't. I didn't believe our best friend. No, it, yeah, it, it was hard to uh, to understand that magnitude of uh, of what he was trying to to subtly explain to us. Man, yeah, it's uh, uh, and the thing about it too is there's so many layers of this this event that like are are kind of like unheard of as far as how well it's doing. Number one is you got Scott Snyder and Capullo back together, right? And um, so right off the bat, those two names are going to sell books because that's what kind of blew it up for the New 52 and brought so many people in. Um, so people right there are like, you know, meme kids and little kids or whatever, or the kids who just were jumping on board for the New 52. That's all they knew. And a lot of times when we were like posting stuff on online, uh, a lot of comments were just, I want Greg Capullo back. Have Greg and Scott come back, blah, blah, blah. Now they got him back, so they're super happy. On top of that is, like like Grumps and, and the rest of us were saying, he's rolling in uh, deep cuts from, like, Morrison and Jeff Johns, right? So we're getting that stuff. Um, and then, like, even, like, on a crazier level is not only is the main title good, but all the crossovers and all the one-shots are just as enjoyable. And I remember when he first started tweeting out those pictures of the big whiteboard and he drew, like, all the four issues kind of going down and the branches coming off and all this, and all the tie-ins and the crossovers. I remember seeing that picture and being overwhelmed. Like, man, I don't, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I mean, there's so much stuff. Like, how can you... And it's not going to be as good. I mean, I mean tie-ins and crossovers, whatever you want to say, usually they're not as good as the main stuff, right? And they, they make them uh, to get you to try to buy into and read the other book. You know, they'll put yeah. Batman in whatever other book. So that way that you can read that one. Um, the thing about this, though, is there's been issues of the tie-ins and the crossovers that, like, I'm like, damn, like, this is so good. Did I like this as much as Metal 2 or 3, or did I like it more? You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, typically, uh, event book tie-in issues are all, I, I don't want to say a throwaway issue, but you would read it once. It might have some vague ties. Sometimes not till the end of the issue, it would have some vague tie to the main story. But you would read it once and forget it. You know, you go on with, with the main story after and forget about that tie-in issue. But all of these have been better than they had any business being. Yeah. And a lot of them, uh, they, the... The Dawnbreaker issue in particular, uh, the the Drowned, a, a few of these books could could hold their own ongoing series. Yeah, because there's so much story that could be told there. 
and um, it it, uh, it shows how much the the writers and the artists that are doing the other books, who are kind of being folded into uh, the, the the event, um, bought in to the to the story and the overall idea. They're not phoning it in. It's like I think they heard it and they're like, "Damn, this is sick!" Like I totally, I would totally do this. And so they go they go off on whatever they're doing. You know, um, that was the thing that surprised me the most. You know, like. Uh, you know, uh, just to piggyback off what Robin was saying, I, I was just, oh, these, these one-shots are going to be throwaways, and, oh, it's just, you know, just versions of Batman. I was saying that in our own chat, too. Like, oh, and then, you know, you read these books, and you're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> these guys put a little more, you know, mustard on the hot dog than usual. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but no ketchup. Yeah. Yeah, no ketchup. And, and that was the thing, because it, it started out like, you read Red Death. That was the first of the one-shots to come out. Wow, that was really good. Yeah. And then Murder Machine came out. And that was even better. Yeah. Okay, that, 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 this, this has to end now. You know, like, the, the next one has to be where, where it drops. Yeah. You know, they, they, they can't keep being this good. And then Dawnbreaker comes out. Jesus Christ. And they just yeah, kept doing it. Every, every one of those, every one of those <laughs> tie-ins was... And my... The last fear that I had was that they held the Batman who laughs to be the last one to come out. And worried that, you know, well, maybe this will be where we, you know, that this doesn't give us the payoff we expected. You know, it won't be able to, to hold up to the other ones. They went, they went too big with all the others, and this one will, you know, is going to be the letdown. But it wasn't. That was the most twisted one of them all. Most bloodiest and darkest. Yeah, and and it like, it was yeah. the only one that left you with a a real question because you get left with uh, Batman who laughs with that masked hostage that he's talking to uh, when the issue begins and ends. Mm. And yeah, we, we talked about our guesses. Yeah. yeah, we talked about our guesses to who that is, but you know, it, we're we're still waiting for. Uh, some kind of answer. Well, I mean, it's kind of silly that we even would guess or attempt to guess when we all know it's Jason Todd, clearly. <laughs> Jason Todd confirmed. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just, it, you know, it is what it is, but no, I agree. Um, there's your bloody, there's there's your bloody and, and your crazy and your sick and twisted, Gramps. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that, that first couple of issues, uh, it's even hard to talk about, but basically Joker's lining kids up to murder their parents, right, in front of them. And uh, brutal. So, it, just just that alone, and then and then the rest of the issue, and um, what he does in the issue is just nuts. But um, yeah, and it's again, it's crossed over to people. I mean, there, I I know for a fact there's people who don't even read it, and probably will never read it. But you know, they're artists or they're customizers, and uh, they're doing figures of it. They're doing fan art of it. Um, specifically, the Joker or the Batman who laughs. And it's all awesome looking. You know, we've reposted a bunch of stuff, but um, I think what's cool about it is that when you when something blows up that big and it crosses over into the mainstream the way it's it's doing it, um, it draws in a group of people who are curious and who now become like new readers or now become um, people that you didn't expect to like something like this. This is like talking to them now and speaking to them. Well, so let's be honest. It it also this is really the most important thing is that it brings in new memes. 
So Man, I'm so glad you said it. You know, I, I was <clears throat> worried about someone not mentioning it, but yeah, the memes and you know the facts, the Batman facts, um, the Batman facts page. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> If, if anything else, we're getting more of those. I, I'm just so overwhelmed with great gratitude. About yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's it. This series has been a boon for officially official Batman facts. Official. <laughs> uh, bringing it back to a hot dog. If this if this was a hot dog, if if metal, if DC metal, if Batman metal was a hot dog, um, parts of it would be like a papaya dog, and you'd put oh. the onions and the relish on there. I think it'd also be part bratwurst too, you know. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people don't think you want that sauerkraut on there. Be, you don't want to put the sauerkraut on there. Absolutely, it'd be like the bratwurst that's like longer than the actual bun, so it's like uh-huh. I mean, it's like too big for the bun. I mean, that's what she said. <laughs> yeah, it's, <Hey-o. laughs> it's, it's really giving it to us. It's a real, you know. Oh man. <coughs> um. Yeah, it's it's uh, I, and the thing is, is issue four comes out in the twentieth, right? So next week, yep. um, I erroneously believe, thought it was coming out this week. Um, wait a minute, it comes out on the twentieth, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so we'll see. We got some uh, we got some things to go over and read and and uh, and meme about, if you would. Like we're we're um, waiting for. Yeah, we're we're waiting for uh, issue what thirty seven of Batman right now, and there are already a couple reviews up for thirty eight. Whoa! And like saying that, uh, I saw a review. I think it was from Bleeding Cool, uh, saying that Batman thirty eight could be Tom King's The Killing Joke. Oh my goodness! And really? said wow. that it's it's the uh, this paraphrasing. Uh, called it the antithesis of Batman Annual Issue 2, where that was you know, endearing and everything, but this is, like, depressing and dark, and you know, I, I don't know how much you guys want to know what it's about, but uh, that wow. sounds pretty exciting. Well, you know, it's it's almost as if, like, Tom King's losing his fucking mind, <laughs> and we're, we're, get, we're, we're, like, reaping the benefits of it. Oh, uh, you just went, with... you went full John Lovitz there. He's using his mind. mind. Um, Oh, yes, it's ladies' night, and the feeling's right. Good luck, DJ. I can move and shake like this. Dude, John Lovitz's performance in The Wedding Singer is probably within the top three of my greatest cameos of all time. Oscar. Comedic cameos. How how has he not been cast as a Batman rogue yet? John Lovitz? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they ever bring uh, uh, Penguin could... back into the the film world, I would choose him. <clears throat> I, He's I, burned I, a lot of bridges. I like him to be Wesker. Oh, shit. Oh, nice. Yeah, that would be sick. Ooh, yeah, that, is, that would be good. Like really meek and about to crack. Mm-hmm. That would be really sick. Who would be the Scarface then? Uh, his well, hand. It has, some, it has to be somebody little that he can hold on his lap. <laughs> Burn uh, Troyer. <laughs> Troyer. That's too yeah. little. Holy shit! Not in his pocket, cramps. Um, what's his name? Uh, Tyrion Lannister. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I Peter Dinklage. Yeah, there you go. We yeah, we 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 really went off the rails here. What were we talking about? Food? Yeah, back to food. Anyways, <laughs> there you go. Papaya dog. Um, 
with the relish. Uh, I think, you know, and if uh, I can't, you know, where, where the fuck is a trunkler? <laughs> right. Because trunkler is uh, trunkler is almost a new grumpler as far as being a pessimist <laughs> about things. And and then me enjoying when when he actually enjoys it. And he, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Did you guys read that? Holy shit. <laughs> And he's all excited about it and pumped about it, and it's like it's it's like watching somebody like uh, see something or experience something you know they're gonna love for the first time. Yeah, and like getting, mm. getting to see the the point of view of it. Yeah, like when when you're when you're sitting there when you you're getting somebody to watch a movie for the first time, you're like, well, watch, watch this part, watch, watch, no, watch, watch. Oh man, people on Twitter are stealing my shtick. Tom King had to come out. Yeah, Tom King had to tweet out today. Like everybody, be calm. I guess he's you know got some poison ivy story coming out, and these uh, head cannon Nazis just were like, she better be treated right, and she better be you know a hero. Right. Oh, uh, they're all pissing. Uh, what was it? War jokes and riddles because she had the rip yeah. the band on. Yeah. Yeah, they were saying he he drew or well, and it's not even him. Well, I mean, I don't know if he put the note in, but. They, they're saying that they, that they were making Riddler out to be like Hitler, and they're comparing him to Nazis and shit. It's like, calm the fuck <laughs> down. Yeah. Holy shit. We can't even have comics anymore, you know? This is, this is why we can't have nice things. Seriously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yet, you so know, many of you that. are looking for the next thing to be pissed off about this week. Yeah. There's, there's a crazy... I mean, it's been there. Twitter's always been like that, but... When they start joining up and and uh, kind of forming like a gang, where like uh, you know you can't say one thing about like poison ivy or you can't say one wrong thing about Wonder Woman and without having like twenty kids up your ass about what you're saying, it's crazy, dude. And um, I know I love it. You know, thankfully Naj is on the is on the battlefront, trenches <laughs> right now, fighting for Batcat. You know, every day she's out there that. just taking swings, dude. Just. <laughs> just pulling rugs out from Wonderbat fans, man. It's great. Um, so you know, ha- hats off to to Dad Nashcat for uh, for doing that. But um, yeah, man, I'm ex- it, we said it a, l- a lot, but we're in a very uh, pampered world for comics right now. As as uh, up and down as the films have been, um, DC Comics just keeps getting better and better. It, it feels like. And, uh, and it's cool. And, to... and things can only be getting even better from where they are because, with how much they've been just steamrolling sales, DC have been picking up more talent. You know, they brought over over Bendis uh, just a few weeks oh ago, God. and continuing rumors. Like I, I saw a, a tweet or two that could, I guess, be described as suggestive when the rumors are going around about the uh, the Disney, you know, deal of taking on another company. Uh, there Hickman. were uh, a couple more tweets from Hickman there suggesting oh that God, so good. Hickman isn't necessarily tied to Marvel anymore. And I'm trying to find that tweet because it was so good. Where was it? Oh man, it was me. Oh, here you go. The X Men, right? So this was this was around the time that uh, it wasn't confirmed yet, but it was like, oh, it's gonna happen. Uh, Fox is gonna get bought out by Disney. So Jonathan Hickman tweeted, "I chatted with a few Marvel execs today and asked about the Disney Fox chatter and what that might mean on the comic side. They said it looks good, and that if the deal goes through, the plan is to first consolidate the line, rebrand slash relaunch, and then cancel all the X Men fans." <laughs> 
<laughs> Which is a huge shot to like basically everything Marvel's been doing in the last like four years. Oh my god, it was beautiful to see that. Coming from a guy who basically, man, I really want to talk to um, Jonathan Hickman because he was essentially like, imagine if um, he's like Tom King coming in after doing some crazy indie stuff and then um, writing without an exclusive for Marvel. You know, he wrote uh, FF, you know, he did the FF with Spider-Man, he did that. Um, He did a couple other things and then they put him on Avengers, right? And so he starts writing the Avenger book, and then they start making him do the the event books and the Secret Wars. And it was right around that time when, this is exactly what happens with the movies, is like with the DC movies, you get this guy who's got all these great ideas of his own, and he's already proven to you with his indie book, and he's already proven to you with Fantastic Four, where people, you know, it's fucking Fantastic Four, but he makes you give a shit about it, right? And he does, he does something crazy like putting Spider-Man in it, and then he gives you that. And then you, you bring him on, you sign him an exclusive deal, and then rather than letting him tell the stories he wants to tell, you give him this shit outline of all these events and crossovers that you are going to do, and then relaunches that you want him to do, and then, oh, by the way, with this event, can you add on two more issues, uh, because we want you to push it out, and, um, you know, Civil Wars in the theaters right now, so we want you to do this, and Secret Wars and this, and blah, 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 and it's just like, what, you don't do that. You don't commission an artist to do a sculpture for you, and then you go and you nitpick every fucking movie makes. That's not what you're going to... You're not going to end up getting his work at the end of it. So I'm sure he had, like, the biggest, like, stressful time, you know, going through that, and then uh, coming out the end of it, not re-signing with Marvel, and then now he's kind of a free agent. He's one dude that I would love to see uh, come over to DC and do something crazy, Um, which actually reminded me... Again, going back to the whole write your own Batman topic, um, I would want to see Hickman write a story where they capture, oh my god, who was the character that I was thinking of? They capture a villain that's too dangerous to keep. You know how Batman now has a jail, basically, in his Batcave? Yeah. Um, So instead of Batman keeping him in the Batcave because it's too dangerous, putting the villain up in the watchtower, except that he escapes. And then he starts going after taking out Justice League members one by one. And Batman has to figure out how to stop him in space. And that's written by Hickman. <clears throat> that would be sick. That, uh, that reminds me of, I think it was in JLA, when Prometheus was on the Watchtower and uh, cut off Roy Harper's arm. It's like that, you know, that could be like the beginning of that, you know, one one member comes stumbling in, into the room where everyone else is bleeding and about to die. And that's their only hint that something is wrong. Crazy. What did he become after that? Or uh, was he, was he Arsenal at that point still? Uh, yeah. Or was, was he just called red arrow then? Or was he, no, I think he was Arsenal. He was red arrow. Yeah. <laughs> Nutty. Uh, that was Morrison, right? Mm, uh, JLA. I don't think so. Not sure, Prometheus oh, Grumps, Mark that was, reminds me. A question that I have for you, and we got to get into our own... Uh, we'll talk about Morrison in, in its own episode at some point. We'll probably have to do multiple episodes of that, because it's so long. But um, what would you say, like, what arc slash part of Morrison Run is your favorite? 
it's got to be the the Black Glove and R.I.P. The Black Glove was uh, J.H. Williams. Yeah. God, that that is so beautiful. Um, His interior work is just amazing. And it's kind of, that arc is like a a murder mystery almost on an island. And it has all these classic, you know, tropes. uh, Yeah, like a who type deal. And then the, uh, uh, it it begins the deconstruction of Batman. Takes the Uh crime out of Gotham and um, he just uh, takes what it is taking take the he takes away Batman's reason for being, and so yeah. it's, it's the beginning of the deconstruction, and uh, it's it's really interesting, super interesting. It's uh, the Black Love and and R.I.P. Um, which is uh, obviously the, the death of Batman. You know, air quotes around that, but uh, yeah, with with Tony Dan. The, <laughs> Uh, a favorite of the Bat Force, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tony Daniel's great when he's given time. Yeah. If you're not, so if you don't rush Tony Daniel, he does good stuff. It's good stuff. I, I would I would probably surprisingly say that um some of my favorite Morrison stuff is uh and this is this is heresy. Um this you don't say this out loud, but it's actually when Bruce Wayne isn't even Batman and it's uh some of the Batman and Robin stuff. Um, yeah. that he did uh, because it basically shows like the relationship between Dick and Damien and it kind of shows Dick Grayson's struggle with trying to keep uh, keep appearances up when um, Bat- they don't know where the fuck Batman is or Bruce Wayne either Yeah, and he has to constantly be like it's, it's almost like he's uh, he's like Andy Co- he's being Andy Kaufman he's like pretending to be almost two, three different people, where he's Dick Grayson, um, and he's Batman, um, so that means he's not only pretending to be Dick Grayson and Batman, but then he's also having to portray Batman under the cowl as Bruce Wayne when he's actually Dick Grayson. Does, so he, you know, he's playing the dude, he's playing the dude dressed as the dude disguised as another dude. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole go, go, going, going full Batman. Too. You know, uh, obviously he was you know, mostly raised by Bruce Wayne, uh, Dick Grayson was. And then he's got this kid. Now, what do I do with the kid? And he's, I guess in the book, Dick Grayson's in his 20s or whatever, perpetually in his 20s. And, and then he's got a 10-year-old. And then, well, you were just, you've been raised by vigilante. Like, what the fuck do I do with this? And the kid is smarter than him. And, you know, he's yeah. a know-it-all <laughs> kid. So it's just, uh, by the yeah. end of it, like, you're, you're, you're shedding tears because they're in, they're in battle against uh, Taya's whatever army and and uh, the heretic and it's uh, yeah. I don't know is it like a, a western type last stand you know Nightwing and Robin are taken. It definitely feels that way. Yeah, it, so. it was in Batman Inc. Which I felt like Batman Inc. Overall felt like like the like the hateful eight or like the Dirty Dozen, yeah. where it's like it's all these different men who aren't even. It's like it's like stripping Batman down to what it's core. It, Batman's just a fucking guy who's crazy who just dresses up and does this shit. And that's kind of like what Batman Inc. Know, is with all those other characters. You know what bothered me about that that issue, Batman Incorporated number 8, 
when uh, where Damien died. That was one of the what? first <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> that was one of the first times where an important event in a comic book was spoiled on the internet. Oh, spoiled the shit out of it. Came out. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That was one of the first times that that the shit was online. You know, days before the comic came out. Dude, it so, was like a week. Well, DC so, had to get ahead of the story. Yeah. I, well, I just hate I think, it. I don't know if, if they meant it for it to get spoiled that bad. I think they... It's kind of like what they've done now and they've wised up is that they're taking precautions now as fallout from that where they're saying, um, oh, no, you know what? They still are letting people spoil shit. Yeah, they send stuff to us. Because they say if you're going to put spoilers, please please mention spoilers in your headline. Do not add the spoiler in your headline. So, yeah, it, it's just a new age. It's because you can't prevent... With the internet, you cannot prevent anything from coming out anymore. And so it's just like, you know, it's going to happen. But uh, another thing that I loved about that Batman and Robin run, um, one of the fucking coolest moments, I think, is like uh, right at the beginning when um, uh, Dick is showing... Uh, Commissioner Gordon, like the high tech lab that they had built for the GCPD specifically, and like Gordon is almost like oh man, Gordon is always like on the brink of <clears throat> like believing that Bruce Wayne is Batman, and he and in the back of his mind he kind of knows, well, but he, he never like speaks he he never speaks it out loud because he, tr- he doesn't want it to be real. He tries to maintain plausible deni- deniability yeah. in my mind. He knows, yeah. But yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah. want to ever have that liability because, you know, you know, officially, Batman is a vigilante. He's not supposed to be working with the GCPD, even though they have the bat signal. But, uh, you know, Gordon has to protect himself and have that plausible deniability in case something ever goes awry. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, it kind of keeps him safe from some bad guys. I think what was awesome is um, there's in the first, like one of the first rooftop scenes when Dick is Batman and uh, he's talking to um, Gordon and then like Gordon's like looking at him like, he's like, I thought, you, didn't you used to be taller? Yeah. And then and he's like, he's like picking up on the fact that it's not the same guy. And then it's just throwing Gordon for a fucking loop. Well, then also, like, didn't he like, he turns around one time and he's still, and he's there, still there and he's like, yeah, he turns around yeah. and then he kind of like stops and then, and then Dick's like, what? And he goes, you used to not be there before. And then Gordon realizes, like, holy fuck, it's not the same guy. Like, And that's when he starts questioning, like, who the fuck is Batman then? And then at one point in the storyline, too, I think he asks him, he's like, is he ever coming back or something like yeah. that? He yeah, asks he him what happened, what happened to him. Like, where, is he cut, did he die or something like that? And I remember, like, there's not many. I mean, I, I love Dark Knight Rises. Um, a lot of people hate it. A lot of people don't like it. But there's aspects of the film that I fucking love. And one of the things that I've always loved is when, um, what's his name? Uh, I almost said James Franco, dude. Uh, Jason. And then I almost said Jason David Frank. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. J.K. Uh, Rowling. Yeah. John, uh, what's his name? John Leguizamo. Leguizamo. John, the, the, the kid, the, the Robin in the fucking Rosie movie. Rosie Perez. Um, <laughs> But in the scene, uh, Joseph in the scene where he, yeah, in the scene where he picks up uh, Selena at the airport and he's questioning her, and then he goes, "I was looking for a friend of mine when I found when I saw you," 
And then she's like looking at the ground, and he looks at, and then he looks at her, and he says like, "Did they kill him?" And then she looks up, and she goes, "I don't know." And it's like, what a scary fucking concept that you you don't know if Batman's dead or not. You know, like Batman, who everyone just assumes is always going to be there. Yeah, he's a fucking man. What if he died? And what if we don't know that he died? And what if we never know whatever happens to him? So it's just awesome. Comp. The only part that. The only thing that I thought took away from that part in the movie was, well, does it really matter all that much considering that up until last week there hadn't been Batman for years? (laughs) Because he had been retired, and then he comes back, and he's Batman again for a few days, and oh, oh no, is Batman gone? What are we going to do? We didn't have any cartilage in his knees. You can't really do much until you put the Don Joy knee brace on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then he put that uh, that that miraculous knee brace that made his uh, Air Jordans able to break bricks. I don't know why Gramps hasn't gotten him a pair of those. <laughs> Who says I don't? <laughs> oh man, dude! Some you know, product. like as much shit as Dark Knight Rises gets, I I probably watched the scene where him and Bane fight uh, in the sewers. Like, just as much as any other scene I've YouTubed or Googled or whatever. On, I always pop that in and watch it all the time. No music. Yeah, yeah. It's just no pure, just fight. And yeah. It's raw. It's raw. You know? It sounds pathetic. I mean, the, the way it's supposed to sound. It just sounds like he's struggling. It's, yeah. I don't know. It's brutal. As a whole, I don't know. Fight like, like a young man. <laughs> nothing, nothing little black. Admirable, but mistaken. <laughs> it's amazing. Let's not. St- oh man, I thought that was ugh. when he when he comes up and he turns Bane. Yeah. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mister Wayne. Wayne. I was like, oh fuck. Your armor, graciously accepted. <laughs> we will need it. There were some good parts in the movie. Oh, yeah. They used to have that uh, audio bank of Arnold Schwarzenegger on, like, uh, collegehumor.com where you would just go and push a button and they would say a different phrase. They need to do that with Bane. Where you just call somebody. Oh, uh, yeah. It would be uh, very painful. Yeah, I miss all those, uh, all those prank calls. <laughs> Who is your daddy and what does he do? Yeah. Do some jerky boy calls like that. <laughs> Jerky boys, oh shit! Turn it back, dude. The jerky boys. Pablo, come to Florida. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, all right, I think that that's gonna do it. I think, uh, dude, did we have two hours? Yeah, we do. We went on for two hours. All right, that's gonna do it for us tonight here on Bat Force Radio. Um, make sure to uh, go ahead and leave us a, a like, as well as uh, a review and. Uh, some five stars over on the iTunes if you listen to us there. Subscribe to us on both there and SoundCloud. Um, and also, drop us an email. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Our email is linked into our account. Drop us an email if you want to leave us a message, record some audio, toss it in there. We'll put it up on the podcast, and uh, you'll be able to hear yourself on Bad Force Radio. So, uh, anybody anybody have any last thoughts? Where the fuck is the trunkler? Where's Bat Force Times? On vacation. Oh, you know, vacation <laughs> good point. Yeah, he put in for a request. I didn't think it was approved, but he went anyway, which is nice. Yeah, this was clearly uh, Black Eight. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, we didn't get a chance uh, to ask him who he would love to have, uh, you know, his. But I'll tell you right off the bat, I know him. I know what he's like. So I'm going to say his favorite uh, Batman is probably going to be written by Kevin Smith. Um, he's a big fan of the Widening Gyre um, and, and Cacophony. So I believe, you know, it's going to be uh, written by Kevin Smith, drawn by Walt Flanagan, I believe. So. Uh, no, no, I uh, actually, I think... I, that's that's exactly what it was. It was Amanda Connor on or Amanda Connor on the art. Amanda Connor on the art. If if made into a film, uh, I believe it would more than likely he would appreciate if uh, they kind of did like an amalgam kind of situation in which Marvel um, also did a Batman movie. So it would probably be a Marvel movie, um, mm-hmm. obviously directed by Joss Whedon. Um, <clears throat> so it's probably crossing over with uh, Deadpool. So. There you have it. All right, guys. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you guys later. Bye.